Welcome to the Wake and Rake podcast. My mind, you just wake up and go rake. Featuring World Series champion Will Middlebrooks. High drive, deep left field for Middlebrooks. Back and that is gone. Third home run of the day for Will Middlebrooks. The trifecta has the Red Sox on top, nine to nothing. And MLB journalist Danny Vietti. Vietti here. He's a uh, yeah, right-handed pitcher. He's six five. So you were right, thinking he's tall. He is. Pretty tall. From Cottonwood, California. Cottonwood, California. I don't know where that is. I don't know where that is either. Want a chance to be featured on the show? Follow at Wake and Rake Pod on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. I'm kind of a big deal. Here's Danny and Will. Hi, people. What's good, baby? Episode three. Three. Uh, my co-host, Danny Vietti here, but my co-host, uh, Mr. Uh, Bill Schmidlebrooks, right? Because yes. we can't use names right now because of this lockout situation. And you were part of the MLB Players Union. It so I, I don't know if I can call you by your real name, Mr. Bill Schmidlebrooks. Billy Mids. Billy Mids. You had an alias when you were playing for the Red Sox at your hotels, but I don't think we can appropriately talk about your hotel alias, can we? I can. Um, I had a couple throughout the year. Uh, Raymond Reddington was one. From Blacklist. I don't know if you've seen the show. Yeah. Uh, and then the uh, the other one was first name Mike. Last name was Oxlong. O-X-L-O-N-G. Can you say that? Mike Oxlong. Is it? Good for you, bud. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Okay, let me ask this. Before we move on, we have a lot to get to. But before we... I mean, we're going to talk lockout. We're talking grades. Uh, it's first round of grades because for agency i mean carlos correa is still out there chris bryant's still out there so we're just going to do a first round of grades but uh, let me ask you this did you actually have a bunch of people like go up to your hotel and be like where's which which room is david ortiz's which room is wilmer but like did you have groupies no like, i mean the, the security is pretty tight there's a ton of people out front uh that want stuff signed car dealers stuff like that they just want stuff signed um, but people will call when they know teams are in town. There's like two hotels that teams stay at all the time. Mm -hmm. So people know. So like church groups will call for donations and like all kinds of weird stuff, but they'll just call and be like, can I speak to so-and-so? And most of the time they don't hotels will be like, yep, put me through. Mm -hmm. So that's why a lot of people did aliases. I didn't really need one. I wasn't famous, but it was just fun. Fair enough. Uh, yeah. Schmill Middlebrooks shout out to, uh, Brian Morelli. And Brett Piper, they both tweeted out that we were part of their top five podcasts for 2021 wrapped. Uh, Spotify mm -hmm. released their Spotify wrapped of the, of the year, which basically organizes all your favorite songs, albums, podcasts. And we were on your guys' top five. So if you haven't already, tweet at us at Wake and Rake Pod. Share us on Instagram, Twitter. We're on TikTok, YouTube, every uh, Facebook. I guess Facebook's still a thing, right? Meta? Yeah. That's still a I just, um I just know I was fixing my hat. I, I had full on like sweaty pits right now. I just came in from a workout. Oh, there it was. There it was. You were just waiting for me to say, Hey, you worked out today. You were just, no, I just, just wanted to drop gonna, that in there. I just figured you would clip this and make fun of me on social media because anytime I, I do never. something like, like looking at my chain or like blowing my nose or something, you always clip it. So I was just, I was fixing my hat and I went, Oh wow. I got sweaty pits. He's going to blow me up about that. So I just figured I'd put it out there that I was doing full on beach workout in someone's garage. And that's why next lockout 
at 11.59 p.m. Eastern time on Wednesday, the CBA collective bargaining agreement, which is a negotiated record that governs almost every aspect of the working relationship between Major League Baseball players and team owners, it expired. So less than two hours prior to that deadline, however, owners voted to unanimously force a work stoppage. So before the deadline came, they said, enough of this shit, we're having a stoppage, we're having a lockout. So baseball will now endure a work stoppage for the first time since the players' strike of 1994-1995, and I was negative two years old. Oh, I was six. I was not born yet. I was barely born. Six years old. Your thoughts? I mean, it was inevitable. We knew it was coming. They didn't have enough time to get through the full list of of points and, and bullets that they need to agree on to to create the new CBA. So this was inevitable. We knew, we knew after 2020 uh, dealing with COVID and, and all of that mess between ownership and the players union, we knew there would be a lockout. It sounds scary because we think of 94, 95 and all the games missed, but we still have four months until opening day. We have plenty of time. Um, it will it will be post Super Bowl probably. I mean, there's a good chance it could go until February uh, before we have a full agreement, but we will have baseball next year. And I think, honestly, I think the pandemic helped because teams did lose money. Now they cried poor, which they weren't, which we don't have to get into that, but it did help because a lot of teams did lose money. So they don't need to, we need a full season next year. The owners need a full season next year. There's a lot of points we got to hit on. Um, the, the easiest of, of the bunch would be the universal DH. I think both sides fully agree that there needs to be a universal DH. You were a pitcher. How do you feel about universal DH? And then I'll talk. Yeah, can I just give you a couple numbers before I, I add on to this point? Yeah. Pitchers, last season, they combined for 4,195 at-bats. Okay. This is both the American League and the National League. It also includes a guy named Shohei Otani, who just happens to do both. Yeah. 4,195 at-bats. 461 hits. That is a combined 110 batting average. They combined, these are pitchers. They combined for 17 long balls, 2,135 strikeouts <laughs> out of 4,195 at bats. That is a 50.8% strikeout percentage. And of course, I don't have the bunting stats because nobody gives a shit about bunting stats. But, <laughs> so they're either striking out half the time or they're laying down a sacrifice bunt. But you know what? It's all part of the strategy, Brooksy. Yeah. No. So sure. if that gives you any indication of where I stand on the universal DH, I cannot hit. There are very few people that can do both sides. We were talking about this the other day. When you're at practice, every swing you take, if you're a two-way player, every swing you take is one less ball that you're throwing out in the outfield playing with grips. Every ball that you throw out in the outfield, you're playing with grips. You're, you're getting um, – better you work on your arm slot whatever it may be that's one less swing that you might not get in the cage that's why it's so rare what Shohei Otani did this season yeah. so pitchers cannot hit let's stop fighting this fight it's great it's rare when Bartolo Colon hits a home run it's incredible but it's so few and far between that we're risking we're sacrificing good play for yeah. one monumental moment that happens and, once every 10 years and people are talking about baseball's boring well yeah you will throw in a, a guy that hits 30 homers instead of a pitcher and it'll be way less boring. Now I do love NL baseball. I like the managerial style. I like the double switches. Uh, 
you know, when you're in the eight hole, is it, it I played the national league. When you're in the eight hole, you're like, man, are they going to pitch around me? Are they going to pitch to me? Like they're there. It, it's cat and mouse. It's chess. And you really have to be a step ahead, especially as a manager. So I do like that aspect of it, but when in the grand scheme of things, universal DH is, is the way to go. It, it, it will help growth of the game. It'll help. And let me be honest with you. There's only a handful of pitchers that actually want to hit. Guys go out and throw 20 pitches, which nowadays it's max effort. They're exhausted. They need to go sit down for a few minutes. They don't want to go run the bases. They don't want to have to go stand in the box and a guy throwing 100. They don't. They don't want to get hit by a pitch. They, they want to go sit down, chill out, talk to their catcher about next inning, talk to the pitching coach, go about and, and focus on their job. That's why you see so many guys go up there and not take a bat off their shoulder. Because they don't care. Back on. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. No, but, no um, I, I, I'm totally with you there. Um, so Universal DH is one point that they're, you know, maybe, maybe not going back and forth on. I, I think they're still working out, working out what the format's going to be exactly. Because what, what the owners want out of this deal, and this has to do with Universal DH, whenever the players want something, the owners want something in return, vice versa. So what the owners would want in return is an expanded playoff. And we saw an expanded playoff in 2020 during the COVID riddled season. And right now, this is according to ESPN's Jesse Rogers. This is the format supposedly reportedly that the league has floated to the MLBPA. It would be seven teams from each league make the postseason. Right now it is what? Five? Five. Plus it's yeah, three division winners plus the two wildcard teams. Teams with the best record in each league get wildcard round buys. Two other division winners, stay with me, Brooksy. Two other division winners and top wildcard team hosts. All games of a three-game series in a wildcard round. Two other division winners get to pick their wildcard round opponents from three other wildcard teams. And three series winners and team with a buy advance to a division round. I know it's very complicated. I know a lot of words. You're lost. That's how I feel about it. Key points. Division winners would get to pick their wildcard round opponents. That's interesting. Because you're incentivizing winning. I don't like it. Incentivizing the regular season. This is a this is a reported proposal from the league to the MLBP. It's not has it has not. Here's my angle. I hate it because it means teams have don't have to spend as much money to get in the playoffs. They don't have to go get the best players to be in the playoffs. We watched the Astros in 2020 be under 500 and make the postseason and almost get to the World Series. Mm -hmm. That that's not how it should be. Because anybody can win a World Series if they just get in. Yeah, the Atlanta Braves had the 12th best record this last year, and they won the World Series. I mean, think of the the Nationals when they won it in 19. Yep. You just have to get in. It doesn't matter what your record is. It doesn't matter what you do the whole season. That I don't like it. Counterpoint. I, I don't like it. I don't, Counterpoint. Major League guys, Baseball. They're not going to go out. Well, go ahead, please. Major League Baseball has the fewest – amount of teams that makes the playoffs in the four major professional sports football. They expanded their playoff. They have, I think it's seven teams, eight teams. They have 32 teams total. I think seven teams from each conference make it eight teams from each conference, make it in the NBA. And in the NHL, I believe it is also eight teams. So point being major league baseball has, I know what you're saying. You want to incentivize winning, uh, having fewer teams make a playoff. But at the same time, major league baseball is alone on an Island in regards to how few teams do actually make the postseason compared to the four major North American sports. Correct. Well, I will say this. While I don't like the expanded system for the postseason, 
I do think it would be good for fan bases. I think it would be good um, for guys like Shohei Otani and Mike Trout and guys like that who haven't been able to get to the postseason for us to see certain star players in the spotlight that we are not used to seeing. I do like that aspect of it. But in the grand scheme of things, I think it hurts free agency. I think it hurts what owners want to pay players because they don't have to overpay to get the best players because they don't need the best players to get to the postseason. Mm-hmm. So with that said, I think if, if that's what they want, then I think we see a salary floor. I hope so, man. That's what the players are fighting for. I mean, They're there's a lot. So people. we're looking at salary floor and all this ends up coming back to really just teams and you already said the word disincentives to competition, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it's been a problem, not just for the players, but for the sport in general. Mm-hmm. Teams tanking, teams not competing because they don't want to spend money because they can't get to the playoffs because they can't compete with the big boys. So they just don't bring up anybody that makes more than $2 million. Mm-hmm. That's unfair to your fans. That's unfair to your your team. You have really good players in AAA. Maybe you don't want to bring up. Now we're looking into service time manipulation. Yes. And and the way they grade players now with, with the rise in analytics and the, the new evaluation models, the way that they grade players, it, it's an issue. So I do. I like I have some buddies that are on the executive board for, for the players union. These are players. Now I was a player rep for three years. That's not you what got sources. Means. I have sources. I will not tell you names unless they're aliases, which you will never find out. Schmill Middle Schmidt. But I will just say this before we dig any deeper into all this crap, be careful what you read, be careful what comes out of Rob Manfred's mouth. Do not forget that Rob Manfred works for the 30 owners of every team in baseball, not the other way around, which you would think, but he works for them. He takes the fall with every decision. He takes flack for the decisions made, not the owners. Um, You look at the change in baseballs this year without telling the players, well, they own Rawlings. That didn't really go public when they bought Rawlings a few years ago, Mm -hmm. but it's because now they can, how many other times have they done this? It's, it's, it's getting real sketchy, man. You Just saw the, be the, careful what yeah. you believe or what you read and, and listen to that comes out of Rob Manfred's mouth. It's all a tactic. It's all to make it seem like it's the player's fault when really at the end of the day, I'll give you a quick example and then I'll let you continue with the, with the questions. But um, one of the topics is, is free agency, mm-hmm. right? And, and right now it's, it takes you six years to become a, a, a free agent. Rob Manfred came out and said, well, the players made a, the union made a proposal uh, to move it to five years. Mm-hmm. I talked to my guys at the union. These are, one of them is a very close friend of mine. He would be, yes, man. there was zero proposals sent to MLB to change the free agency to five years. There was not one. Rob Manfred said that. Uh, Rob, what about the union's proposals was bad for the sport, bad for fans, and bad for competitive balance? Well, let, 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 let me take, let's take five-year free agency. I think that, the, you know, we already have 
um, teams in smaller markets that struggle to compete. Um, shortening the period of time that they control players makes it even harder for them to compete. It's also bad for fans in those markets. The most negative reaction we have is when a player leaves via free agency. It, it, we don't see that making it earlier, available earlier. We don't see that as a positive. Uh, taking $100 million away from teams that are already struggling to put a competitive product on the field, I don't, I don't see how that's helpful. Because he thinks that's what the players want. Mm -hmm. He said that he said publicly that there was a, that was one of the proposals. Just is pulling is, stuff out of his ass. Which is completely false, which blows my mind. Like I just just careful what you read. Just know that everything right now is a tactic and 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 the amount of power that social media has to to form people's minds and opinions on things, they know that. Mm -hmm. All right, that this lockout um, and 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 the owners' tactics here—it's a choice by them. This is out of the union's control. The union can't control a lockout. Mm -hmm. Ownership and Manfred are the only ones that can do that, and it's making it look like this is the this is the player's fault. But like, there's got the last few years in the last CBA, the pendulum really swung towards the owners ownership and and the in the league. It's got to swing back. That's just kind of part of it. Yeah, unfortunately, we're at a standoff between MLBPA and MLB to where it's just it's, it's completely unrecognizable, and we do not resonate with what's going on because normal people like myself, yourself, we aren't getting paid $20 million a year to play a game of baseball. That's just a fact of the matter is. And, and on the other side, we're not getting a billion dollars in revenue from owning a baseball team. Right. Max Scherzer is going to make my salary. It probably his first batter next year. He's going to be making $43.3 million. I've worked it down to the dollar. Didn't, didn't you have a tweet about if he threw the same amount of pitches, it would be like $13,000 a pitch. $13,000 a pitch, Max Scherzer. <laughs> he, he threw uh, was like 1,300 pitches last year. Or 30, so I'm like 3,100. Yeah, that's $13,000 a pitch, man. He's going to make my salary or pretty close there too and uh, mine too so, <laughs> um, so so point being the good news is this let me start with the bad bad news is that we it does not resonate it's not good for baseball good news is if you're looking for some optimism some glasses half full is we got four months till opening day there's a lot more optimism even compared to 2020 when the covid thing was going on and um not just COVID, but COVID season. And we weren't sure if we were going to get any season. There wasn't as much optimism. There's a lot of positive coming from these negotiations. Uh, the COVID thing was out of our control. This is correct. this is just, there's a lot of pride that needs to be swallowed on the ownership side of this. And, and the player side too, don't get me wrong. The, there's stuff on the player side too, but for the most part, everything that I have had conversations with from people with the union that I trust um, there's, there's a lot of people over there. I, I don't like, and I don't trust on the player side as well, but I choose to talk to the people that I know I can trust their word mm -hmm. and that have a, have a lot of say over there. What the players want is, isn't, isn't just to make the players more money. It's to protect them. It's to protect the game. Mm -hmm. The owners aren't looking out for the good of the game. They're looking out for themselves. Mm -hmm. Who's looking out for baseball and baseball's future. 
That's why I had someone tweet me and like, oh, Max Scherzer came out talking about free agency. Why is he? That's a bad look. No, it's not. You know what his job is as a veteran and a player who has made money? It, his, the, someone being a free agent after six years or before six years or whatever it may end up being, whatever the union decides they want, won't affect Max Scherzer. But he's fighting for the younger generation of players because the older generation of players fought for him and his and his rights to make all this money that he's making. Mm-hmm. So now he's returning the favor. Of course you want free agency earlier. Is it realistic? No, but you have to fight against service manip- service time manipulation and all that. Like young players are 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 more attractive than they've ever been right now. Mm-hmm. You know that the, the people in the, the prime in baseball is getting younger and younger, and it's just because the gap in value. I'm trying to think how to say this: the gap in value and like what they bring to a team and what they make is such a big difference. Like you get a player before they hit free agency, they're making league minimum. Right. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, so so the whole free agency thing and wanting to change that isn't going to affect the elite of the elite. It's not going to affect the Wanders, the Wander Francos, like uh, the Bryce Harpers, the, the Tatis Jr. Like, it's not going to affect those players because they're going to get extended regardless before they hit free agency. Mm-hmm. Because if you wait and wait and wait, they're going to be worth a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work that way. We're we're, we're talking about the Jeff McNeils of the world. We're talking about the above average players that will sign a $100 million contract, Mm -hmm. which is a lot of money, but they're not the superstars. It doesn't affect them. It affects the middle of the road to the above average player that will play out that six years until free agency. Mm -hmm. That's where it'll affect. And you start the later you get in your career, you start getting hurt you're missing that and you miss out on opportunities to make money. Trust me, been there. So I don't know. It's just protecting players and, and their lives. I really liked what Tony Clark said. So Rob Manfred sent out a letter. And if you're wondering like, what does this lockout mean exactly? If you've looked at MLB.com or anything major league baseball related, they're not allowed to use uh, headshots of players right now. So a bunch of players yeah. have changed on their Twitter. profile photos on Twitter, which is hilarious. Tony Clark, head of the MLBPA, he said this about Rob Manfred's letter. He said, quote, it would have been beneficial to the process to have spent as much time negotiating in the room as it appeared was spent on the letter. (laughs) Kind of love that. One one, one more thing, and then we can move on because we have a lot of grades to get to. I I would love to talk about billionaires versus millionaires for the rest of uh, for the rest rest of time, for sure. But uh, we got a lot of grades, a lot to get to. But one more thing before we move on one aspect of the lockout is that players who have recently had surgery or are going through rehab they cannot use team doctors or team physical therapists which i find very interesting so jameson tyone Tyone shared this out that he can't use the physical therapist that he has been working with over the past month since he's had the surgery similar guys like mike clevenger he's on his rehab assignment so that's serious stuff. I mean, you work with the same doctors, the same physical yeah. therapists, and it's now okay. all of a sudden you so, have to change gears and you have to find new guys to work with on a day-to-day it, basis. That's it, it does suck, but let me tell you, these teams plan for this. So I guarantee they have outside sources. They have doctors. They have PT uh, places that players can go that aren't related to the organization. Mm-hmm. They thought this out. They knew – we knew this was coming. This didn't sneak up on anyone. 
it sucks that he can't be at the facility in Tampa or wherever he wants to be, wherever a lot of the therapists are, are at the spring training complex. So mm -hmm. that would be Tampa. Um, minor leaguers, however, can stay there because they <clears throat> minor leaguers aren't protected. They don't have a players union. There's no CBA. There's none of that, which we don't have to get into that. It sucks. But the one good, the good thing is like, there's a lot of strength camps and, uh, you know, they hold a lot of camps for prospects in the, in the offseason, make sure they get their workouts in, bring them in and, and evaluate their progress and this and that, make sure their weight's up um, and where they are physically is where they need to be. So, but the minor leaguers can come in. Yeah, but the fact that the, the big leaguers can't come in and then like you said, that not being able to get that rehab with your rehab, with your therapist, the guy who you've been rehabbing Tommy John with or whatever it may be the past few months, that sucks. Mm-hmm. But teams plan for it. They they knew this was coming. They already had stuff set up. It's not. I don't think that's going to end up being that big of a deal. For agency, it's going to be put on hold because of this lockout too. But we had some big time names, big time superstars sign. Let me just fucking say, massive contracts, bro. Massive. Let me just say, if you had told me a couple months ago or, or asked me, how do you feel about there being like a free agent deadline? Mm -hmm. I would have been like, get the hell out of here. It's stupid. Right. That was awesome. Fans were into it. Yeah. It's off season. No one's talking about baseball. Normally, yeah, we're this and that about big signings. But with the looming lockout, mm -hmm. it was kind of fun. Did you hear the conundrum that Justin Verlander is in now? Yeah, that would, it wasn't official. Yeah. So Justin he Verlander. signed like what, a $50 million deal, right? And, or and he, he was going it. to, yeah. Right, so he hasn't done his physical yet. So technically, the deal's just kind of floating. Yeah, it's in uh, limbo. Yeah, strange. It is strange. So teams have committed one point seven billion dollars. That's it for agents. And by the way, I want to hit this point too. Not a free agent, but Wander Franco signed a two hundred million dollar contract. Nearly, it depends on incentives, and um, he's got some bonuses involved there too. Basically, a two hundred million dollar contract for Wander Franco from the Tampa Bay Rays. That the Tampa Bay happen, Rays, bro. The Tampa Bay Rays that claim they are a poor organization that cannot afford big time players, similar to the Oakland A's. I think the only team in baseball that can really claim that they're a poor team is maybe the Kansas City Royals and the Miami Marlins. Other than those two, they have money. So point I, have a, thing, I have a theory, and I just kind of thought about it. Mm. I, we know they don't like spending money, but what if they are predicting a salary floor? So they're just thinking yeah. we'd rather invest in one player that kind of go all in on a guy that we know is going to be a stud mm -hmm. to take a big chunk of that. And then we just kind of continue to play raise baseball. That's yeah. That's, you know what I didn't think about it from that perspective. You might be right. Just a thought. Yeah. Just thought. I mean, if you're going to go in on a guy, I mean, that's the guy. I, I mean, he, what, how long was the deal? 10 years, if I'm not 12 years. Yeah, so, I mean, he'll, he'll hit free agency at, like, 30, 31 years old. Yeah. Poor guy. Acuna signed a 10-year deal. It was 12 years. Acuna That's signed, robbery, so, by the way. Acuna no, no, no. Okay. Acuna was 10. Franco. 10 for yeah. 100, wasn't it? 10 for 100 for Acuna. Absolute oh steal for Atlanta. Acuna was 10 years. Franco was 12. Tatis was 14. Bobby Bonilla is going to get paid after all those contracts have already expired. Yeah. 2035, Man. baby. I don't, that's nuts dude that's when i was rehabbing in philly 
uh, Bobby Bonilla's son was uh, in the Orioles organization. Mm-hmm. He was a left-handed pitcher that threw gas. Sarasota was right down the road. I was rehabbing with some kids, some young kids in Clearwater who were, who were friends with them. Mm-hmm. So we, like, would always play, like, video games online. And then I met – because I'm just rehabbing. I have rehab, go back to the hotel, play video games, hang out with the 22-year-olds. And uh, there's nothing else to do. This is when Fortnite was hot. So I was, try, I was trying to play Fortnite with the kids. I'm awful at those kind of video games. But it was fun. But I got to – their buddies with them. We, we played all the time. And we met up for lunch a few times. Great kid. I wanted to ask so bad about the contract, but I didn't do it. <laughs> I just want to see you hanging out with a bunch of 20-year-olds because it's basically what this podcast is. I'm a chameleon. I, I mix – I fit in wherever. Yeah. Grades. I mentioned teams that have committed $1.7 billion for agents. I want to start with Corey Seager. I want you to know that this is raw. Like, I haven't given these grades. I'm going to think about it, like, as soon as you give it to me. When you told me the names, I wrote down the names. Yeah. No, I wrote down one grade. Okay. Corey Seager, 10 years, 325 million bucks. Just a bit shy in total value of Francisco Lindor and Fernando Tatis Jr. 10 years to Texas. Texas, a team that is rebuilding i think it's fair to say that they're rebuilding and they're at least probably a year away from truly competing your grade for the deal and by the way you asked a really good question i i said let's do a grades episode and you said from what perspective and that kind of took me back like that's a damn good question are we talking about the team's perspective the the player's perspective Corey seager 325 million dollars that's an a plus for him yeah, he's sure. like oh fucking so a we're plus talking plus. about our objective yeah. <laughs> so mine my, for Corey Seager, I love Corey Seager. He's a good dude, good teammate. He's just kind of quiet, confidence guy. Yep. And a damn good player, especially in big games. We've seen him really good in the postseason for a couple of years. Um, but I think overall, I give it a B. I think it's a massive overpay. Agreed. Um, I think a team like Texas, who lost 102 games last year, is in a position to spend a lot of money, but they are going to have to overpay guys to take them away from winning ball clubs and other to outbid winning ball clubs because teams aren't going to go to that type of organization unless they offer them a big chunk more than someone else. So they maybe graded him at like 280, Mm -hmm. but they knew they were going to have to do 40 to 50 more to take him away from the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. So that's why. That's why we see an overpay and good for him. I'm happy for him. I love seeing players get broke off like that, yep. but I'm going to give it a B because I don't think he is that elite player. I think he's right there. I think he's just under it, mm-hmm. but he's just not healthy enough to be that guy. He doesn't play 150 plus games every year. We're seeing 350 at bats every year. That's not going to do it. You need 550, 600 at bats out of the guys making that money. Who says he doesn't do it the next 10 years? I've been over there. I played at Texas. They have the same uh, medical group, same uh, training staff there. Great. They do a great job. I think they take care of players. It's going to be, it's not, they're not going to be playing in 110 degrees in Texas. They have that nice new stadium. So I think he's going to be all right. And uh, he's got a pretty good, I, I know you're going to ask me next about his double play partner. Well, I, can I give my grade? Am I a part of this podcast? Do you care about my thoughts? I thought you were just the editor, but go ahead. No, I agree with you. I gave an I'm A minus. I, I gave an A minus. Uh, that was fucked up, by the way. I gave an A minus uh, because I agree it's an overpay. And it's not to criticize Texas for over, overpaying. Like I'm giving them credit for overpaying because they had to do what they have to do. But the fact of the matter is they spent $325 million on a guy that, like, like you just said, has been injured in his past. 
Uh, one, and, by the and, way, one, one little factoid before you continue on. Uh, Corey Seager, before 2021, because they played so many playoff games in Globe Life Park, Corey Seager was the park's leader in home runs coming into yeah. the 2021 season. I know, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Probably why they signed him. Yeah. Yeah. All right, who's next? Double play mate, Marcus Simeon. Uh, he, too, is going to the Texas Rangers, and he, too, got paid. How about a seven-year, $175 million? Very cool for Marcus Simeon because the A's, they denied him that qualifying offer um, just a year ago. And so he basically bet on himself. He had to change positions because he went to Toronto. Bo Bichette at shortstop. He had to change positions to second base. And he set a record for home runs in a single season by a second baseman. Marcus Simeon, seven years, 175, going to Texas right nearby or right next to Corey Seager right down the middle in the infield. Yeah, I give him an A here. I think all around this is a good deal for everybody. Fans are going to love him. Marcus Simeon is is, is, he he has, I mean, comfort in knowing that he's going to play there the rest of his career. Mm -hmm. And he's going to make $175 million. By the way, in L.A., going back to Seager, L.A. would have had to pay him $410 million to match what he's going to make in Texas because of the because of the the uh, tax, no tax, income tax there. Sorry, I can't speak English. Don't remind me, a California native. Over oh, here. I played in San Diego. I totally understand. But um, it's an A. I mean, this is a good player. Like you said, he changed positions once he went. He, I mean, he fixed his defense at short. He used to be awful at short. And he would just hit. He would knock in more than he let in, so it was fine. Uh, but then it started to become a problem. He made some changes. He got better. He moved to second and got even better. I like this combination up the middle. I think they fit the mold of the Texas Rangers, which is like the quiet confidence. Like I said, blue collar, work hard. Like that's what the fans like there. I'm from there. I grew up a Rangers fan, so I'm pretty fired up for them. Um, and and they're not done. They got. They're going to make more moves. They're going to make bigger splash. They need to get some pitching. They have some young players over there that could be good, but um, they still have a lot of moves to make to be in the discussion to compete in that division. Yeah, John Gray is a good start for the pitching front. They were able yeah. to him do a really good arm from Colorado, one of the best wipeout sliders in baseball. I gave Marcus Simeon that signing a B because he's going to be 38 years old when that seven-year contract expires. That's that's old for a middle infielder. That That's that's aging. Uh, it's yeah. not to say that Simeon isn't a great player, but that worries me a little bit. Longer contracts that go deep into your late thirties. That concerns me a little bit, but a good signing again, another probably an overpay or maybe an over length in contract, but the Texas Rangers had to do what they had to do in order to get these guys. Let's go up to the Puget sound. Robbie Ray to the Seattle Mariners. This is a big time signing for Seattle, a team that is looking to compete just missed the playoffs last year. They're two decades away from their last playoff appearance. Robbie Ray, five years, $115 million, the reigning American League Cy Young champion. Hmm. I like this sign. I love it. I mean, I love it. I really like Seattle. I was pulling for him last year. Um, I give it a, I mean, I get, I gotta give it an A. I'm pretty lenient on my grades, but they, they need us. They need a stud. They have Flexen, who's really good. Yeah. They have Gonzalez, who was good. But they didn't have that like stud. That's what I was saying. Like, if they get to the postseason, like, who's their, who pitches the wild card game for them? You know, Logan Gilbert might be their best arm, but he's young. He was a rookie last year, though. That's exactly right. Best stuff is what I'm kind of referring for to. For sure. Big kid throws hard. I agree. But I, we just named four guys. Chris Flexen was really good for them, too. 
Especially scores. on like the betting side of things. Like he was one of the better pitchers on the money line. Mm-hmm. He's like top three all year, I'm pretty sure. He was really good. Uh, but that's away from the point. Robbie Ray has earned the right to be an ace. Mm-hmm. Um, he's tightest uni in the league. <laughs> My God, man. He wears a schmedium out there, but it doesn't matter when you shove like that. Um, he's turned his career around. Um, almost like how Seattle has turned their organization around the past couple of years. Yeah. I think it's a perfect match. Uh, watch out for Seattle in that division. Yeah, Seattle in two weeks added an all-star second baseman in Adam Frazier. They traded or acquired him via trade from San Diego, and then they mm-hmm. got the Cy Young in Robbie Ray. So two really good they, moves. I gave it they an need some. They need offense. They played defense well. Um, bullpen's they, nasty. Bullpen's nasty. They need offense. They were one of the worst offense in the league. They were just clutch. Remember the clutch stat? They were like far and beyond everyone. Unreal. They had Three like they finished the year at like a nine and, and an average or the best teams in the league were at like three something. Yeah. Um, so they got hits when they needed to, but you can't bank on that and consistently do that, which they did in one season. But um, they they need to make a couple splashes offensively, get some big boppers in there because they have some guys that can play. They can run, make plays, um, exciting players, J.P. Crawford. Hanniger, those I love those players. Yeah. Uh Frank. What's his name? Ty. What's Ty France? Ty France. Stud. Sorry. Super um, yeah. Talking's hard sometimes, but they have some exciting players that are fun to watch that are could end up being household names. Yeah. So um, I'm excited for them. Yeah, I compare them to San Diego a lot, timeline wise. They have young studs coming up, Leo Rodriguez, Kalenic. He had yeah. a really strong last month of the season last year. They're on a similar timeline as San Diego was, but what San, uh, excuse me, Seattle hasn't done yet is they haven't signed that Manny Machado yet. They right. need a Trevor Story. Someone like that, they need a star to sit next to their young studs and kind of lead, lead them, like, similar to what Manny Machado has done in San Diego because they're going to have guys like Kalenic, Rodriguez, comparable – I'm not saying they're Fernando Tatis Jr., but comparable top prospects. Can you I, need a guy. Uh... You need a guy. They're on a similar trajectory – Timeline was wise, excuse me, both historically losing franchises, but they're turning a corner. And that's why I think they need to land a star, someone like a Trevor Story. So while we're on this, that subject and then we can get back to our grades, where, where do you think, what happens with Carlos Correa? The market has shrunk significantly. Right. So now I don't think there's any play, like guy, teams in there that are going to pay him the Seager type contract. Houston appears to be his best option right now. They're yeah, but they offered him a five, like 175, right? That's exactly right. So that's, that's Marcus Simeon. Well, almost. It's, it's more AAV, obviously. It's two less years. The Dodgers but have the money. I, I, you know what I think Correa could do? I mean, I don't know if he's going to get what he wants, but what if he goes like two years, 75? That's not what he wants, though. He's it's not, not what he wants, him. but it could open up the. Yeah, but you. Do you take a bet on yourself or right. how old is he? 24? He's been injury prone in his career. He has, but he's also been a star. He's a stud, no doubt. It's just the market is what it is, you know? Do the Yankees so, take the stab at? I think he'd be a great fit for the Yankees, but there's a report out there that supposedly, not my words, this is according to the report, is that Carlos Correa is not exactly well-liked among clubhouses around the league. Well, no shit, Danny. Do you remember what happened in 2018? No, no, some trash can thing. I don't know. 17, 18, however long it went on. Um, yeah, no shit. The Yankees are one of the teams. The Dodgers are one of the teams. 
but they do they? The but out. do they get over that? They got to get right. over it, right? If they're your yeah. team, like, are you gonna boo him? They're right. not gonna boo him. They're just not gonna be like that happy about it until he hits a big homer. Yeah, and walk off. But all right, let's get back to our grades. I was just curious what you thought about that. Max Scherzer, <laughs> three years, hundred thirty million dollars to the Mets. Your grade. This is what the Mets needed to do. This is A plus all around. He's he's one of the best best pitchers in the game. I mean, you're putting up he's a number two. <laughs> he's he's gonna be a number two. When was the last huh? time Scherzer didn't start on opening day? Probably back to his Tigers days. Yeah. I mean, this is what the Mets needed to do. Um what's their rotation gonna look like? I mean, you got they lost they lost Thor, they lost Mats, they lost Strowman. Right. They lost uh they Rich lost Hill. the uh McGill kid who they uh DFA late in the season and somebody else picked him up. I think the Cubs. I don't remember. So this is, this is according to Fangrass, which is highly accurate normally. Yeah. DeGrom, Scherzer, Taewon Walker, Carlos Carrasco, and Tyler McGill. It's pretty solid. Wait, wait McGill's there. I could have sworn McGill just went somewhere else. According to Fangrass, he is. Hold on. I'm looking it up. It's like. It's like T-Y-L-O-R, right? Yeah, that's correct. Tylor. Tylor. Sounds Tylor. like a guy from uh, Game of Thrones. I could have sworn he went somewhere. I, I may have losing my mind. Maybe I dreamt it. Yeah, I'm wrong. Been drinking too much of that whiskey. No, I haven't sure. been, actually. Yeah, um, yeah, okay, cool. I liked him. He's good. C-plus for the signing for Max Scherzer, my friend. What the fuck? Max Scherzer had back issues two years ago. Max Scherzer had to... Oh, here comes the old man speech. I'm not saying he's old. I'm saying he's got... What did he finish in the Cy Young? Max Scherzer's a freaking tank. First battle Hall of Famer, one of the best pitchers we've ever seen. So you think from last year to this year... He can't... No, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying all it takes is one back spasm to turn into two back spasms. They're paying him over $1.2 million per start if he makes 30 starts in the season. Yeah. If he gets one start, Steve Cohen's spending $1.2 million on a on a shell start. Steve Cohen has $1.2 million in his dash tray. My point is this. That's a lot of money for a guy that has had back issues in his past. That's all I'm saying. So – Great pitcher. One of the best of our generation, one of the best of all time. Could end up being the difference maker between the Mets and being a true contender. But that said, it's a risk. It is a risk. What grade did you give Seager? A minus. Okay, because he had Tommy John and he signed 10 years, 322. Two two years ago, he had Tommy John. Three years ago. (laughs) He has a history. Marcus Stroman to the Chicago Cubs. What is your grade for Marcus Stroman? I made my case for Scherzer. I'm letting it go. I am three years. I don't know if I can give a grade on this because I'm so confused by it. There's a lot of Stroman stuff with his contract. Stroman, friend of the show, friend of the show. Absolutely. Shout out, Shra. Great dude. Um, Works his ass off. He does. Why? Why the Cubs? Like, I don't feel like that's a team that's ready to win anytime soon. Mm -hmm. Now, I know Marcus Stroman is going to do whatever is best for him and his family. He loves Chicago. And he's going to go with happiness over other things. But, like, 
you had the opportunity to to sign anywhere really um and go get a chance to go get a ring and i'm just the cubs are not in a place where they're going to win many games mm-hmm. they're still kind of re- they're, they are rebuilding it's him cal hendricks and that's i don't know anyone else in their rotation and they and their 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 position players are made up of a ton of young guys Unless they make some big moves here soon, it's going to be another rough season in in Chicago. Uh, so I, what were the numbers on the sign? What was the contract? Again, very very incentive based. Wasn't it seventy million? Three years, seventy one mil. But it depends on where he finishes numbers wise. Well, he has some options involved, player options. Yeah, after the second year, right? Um, according to Fangrass, Stroman, Kyle Hendricks. It's a great, it's a great contract for him. I I give it a B just because he's not going to like put them over the top. This is not, we're not going to see him in the postseason. Not this year. I don't think unless they go out and all of a sudden make all these signs after the lockout, they're not going to be, they're not going to win the division. They're not going to be a wild card team, Mm -hmm. even with a 14 team expanded playoff i don't know if they get in the postseason so i just I, i'm just confused by this one so what was your grace for sure i'll go b. b okay i gave it a b plus javi Baez, detroit tigers they got their shortstop a lot of people thought it was gonna be carlos correa instead six years 140 million for el mago i think he is a difference maker mm-hmm I think offensively, defensively, he gives them – he's a spark plug is what he is. Um, they have a lot of young talent there. He's going to bring the swag. He's going to bring uh, experience. He's going to bring a World Series win. He's um, he's going to be big for this team. I mean, I think A.J. Hinch – you know, there's a lot of questions. Is Baez a good teammate? Is he, is he too flashy? Is he this and that? I think A.J. Hinch is a great manager that kind of hones that in and gets the best out of guys. Mm-hmm. And he's a fruit that you can really get a lot of juice out of if you know how to juice it correctly. If you know what I mean, take that however you like. But um, there's also, and I'm going to get to this in a minute because we have some least favorite and favorite picks mm-hmm. in a minute that we'll get to. But I think this is a really good signing. I like this, and they didn't have to dish out the 300 million to Correa because they're still paying Miggy for a couple more years. I like this. I'll give it an A. I, too, gave it an A. They needed a shortstop. They needed a star in Detroit. They, they're they on the back end of this rebuild. I mean, they're, they're almost to the finish line of this rebuild. They're right there. I mean, they were third in the American League Central, and they got a guy. And you need a they guy. They overperformed here. last year, I thought. Exactly. And I feel like they sped up their clock by a year and a half. Exactly. So, I, too, give it an A. Thor. Headed to SoCal, baby, Noah Syndergaard. This, you want to talk about an overpay, this, you could certainly make the argument that this was probably an overpay, but a guy yeah. that has put up some of the best numbers since he entered the league, a one-year $20 million contract to Noah Syndergaard, a guy that has pitched just two times since 2019. Yeah, it was just crazy. He turned down the qualifying offer, which I thought he would take and, you know, build his value back up after TJ. Mm-hmm. And then he got a little more. I thought that was, uh, that's the angel saying, hey, we kind of know what we haven't had the past few years and we need to add to it and we're going to take a flyer on you. It's one year. 
It's 20 mil. It's a lot of money for somebody who hasn't pitched. Well, he pitched a little bit last year, but he only threw fastballs in his two outings. Uh, so that's something to worry about if you're looking at how he's turning over a changeup or that hard slider. How's that elbow going to hold up? But that's not an issue. He'll be fine. This is a good sign. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's one year. There's not a lot of strength attached to this. It's If you don't like it, it's done after a year. It, and they need pitching. They need something behind Shohei. They need more. Uh, they need to go get one more guy. But that I like my, this signing was, a lot. I'll go A on this as well. That was my point exactly, too. The Angels aren't scared to spend. We can talk about how poor their signings have been in their yeah. past, especially with Billy Epler and his inability to acquire pitching. But they've been top five, top ten in payroll spending Offensively. Over the last decade. They just <laughs> haven't they haven't made the most of that money. Point being, okay, Noah Syndergaard gets injured again and maybe he doesn't pitch this year. That's a worst case scenario. So what? You lose $20 million. The Angels can plenty afford that. At least you took a chance on I don't even think injury will be an issue with him. It's like, does yeah. he regain his feel for all his pitches? And I think it's been enough time where he will. Yeah, I gave it an A plus, but I was, you know, kind of playing devil's advocate and saying worst case scenario type thing. Right. But Best case scenario, I think, it, you get I think a guy it's going to work out. He's been one of the best pitchers in the game since he entered the league. So I, I do mm-hmm. give him a plus. Move on. This is going to be our last segment. Favorite and least favorite move so far. Let's start with your favorite, Brooksy. Uh, my favorite is Baez. By the way, this could be trade for agents. Yeah, no, I like I like Baez. I think your way. we see a more consistent hobby Baez because one AJ Hinch, which I which I said earlier, and what his his ability. And being one of the managers like Alex Cora, Gabe Kapler, that group where they just get a little bit more out of each and one of each of your players. If you can get just a little bit more out of Javi Baez, we're looking at a superstar. Mm-hmm. Now, on top of that, one of his good buddies, Miguel Cabrera, one of the best hitters that our game has ever seen. We're seeing the tail end of his career now, so we're kind of forgetting about him. But I played against him in his prime. And when I tell you this is one of the best hitters I've ever seen, it was. It was scary to play third base with him up, knowing he was going to rifle something at me. But he it just he rarely pulled the ball down the line, so I didn't have to worry about it. But I think Miggy makes him a better player. I think Miggy makes him a better teammate because Miggy's one of the best teammates in the game. You don't hear about that much because it's kind of behind closed doors type thing. But talking to guys and buddies who play with them, talk about how much he helps them mentally, um, pr- uh, preparation-wise how much information he's able to retain about pitchers and their stuff and how much he passes that along to the young players. Javi Baez, we're going to see him make strides and he's going to end up being a better player than we thought he would end up being. And he's going to outplay this contract. I like that. I'm going to go with Starling Marte. The pure energy passion that this guy plays with, that's exactly what New York needs. New York's very uptight, as they should be after all the legal issues that they have gone through over the past couple of years and the culture has not been right in Queens. Starling Marte, regardless of numbers, um, I can talk about how he had more stolen bases last season than three teams, the Diamondbacks, Red Sox, Reds. He had more stolen bases individually than those three teams, but numbers aside, he's going to get fans out to the ballpark and he's exciting. He's fun to watch. He's going to bring an extra bit of energy to a New York team that I think desperately needs that culture change and has been trying to change the culture for years now. I think he's going to help bring that to the table. And I think, too, value-wise, a really good deal in regards to what he ended up getting. So, Starling Marte. Where are we at, Starling? 
there we go. Four years, $78 million. I think that's a good value deal. And I think it's going to really work out for the New York Mets. Least favorite move. What did you not like? It's a, it's a toss up between Seager and Stroman. Just because I think Seager, like I said, I love Seager. I love, I love Stroman too. You gave uh, Seager an A minus though, didn't you? Or a B plus. You gave Seager a B plus. I gave it a B. Okay. I didn't give anything below a B. Okay. Um, because like I said, I love seeing players get paid. Yeah. But this is a severe overpay. I'm gonna go Strowman just because I wanted to see him on a contender and I wanted to see him be that extra piece to maybe the Giants or to Boston. Yeah. Or stay in New York and 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 one of those teams like switch over from the Mets to the Yankees to the pinstripes and push them over the top because he's that guy who you add behind an ace. And now he's going to a place where he gets to be the ace, but they're not going to win games. I just feel like he has so much to offer to an organization, um, to a ball club. And I feel like he is not reaching his potential because of where he's playing. I guess only time will tell, right? I, I think. I hope I'm wrong. I hope yeah. I'm wrong because I love Marcus Stroman. I just really wanted to see him go to a contender. It has nothing to do with his personal decision. This is just me personally wanting to yeah. see him in the postseason because I love his fire. I love his work ethic. I love what he brings every night he's on the mound, and I just I want to see that postseason. So it's just it's a yeah. selfish reason for me um, not liking that move. Yeah, no, I hear you. I hear you there. My, my least favorite move, I'm going with Corey Kluber to the Rays. Mm. And it's not as if this is going to completely tank this team. That's not what I'm saying here. But because Corey Kluber was added to the 40-man roster, they had to subtract a player. They subtracted Joey Wendell by shipping him off to Miami. Joey Wendell good player. is an all-star last year. And only the Tampa Bay Rays can, because supposedly before they traded Wendell, the Rays said they were shopping Kiermaier and Wendell. So only the Tampa Bay Rays can say, oh, well, we just added Corey Kluber, a former Cy Young, so we're going to have to get rid of our all-star, either our all-star last year or our uh, three-time gold glove center fielder in Kevin Kiermaier, and they're probably still just as good of a team. Like, that's one of the few Because they need to stay under $80 million. That's right. So, But but I don't like the subtraction of Joey Wendell. I think he his ability to play all around the diamond, whether he's Yeah, and you're not going to have to pay him a shit ton of money. Whether he's starting or a super utility guy, he's very, very He's going to sign a three-year, $40 million deal. So I think that subtraction, so not necessarily the signing of Kluber, but it's what they had to do in order to sign Kluber. I disagree with that move. I totally agree with that. It's tough to criticize what the Tampa Bay Rays do on a day-to-day basis, but but that's, that's what I'm doing right now. They have the recipe. We never understand it, and I never pick them to win a division, and they always do. <laughs> We didn't talk about the Gosman signing. We didn't talk about a lot of other uh, smaller deals. I don't want to say Gosman was a smaller deal, but Chris Taylor resigning with the Dodgers. Um, there was a lot. To get I really to. thought he was going back to Seattle. I know you I, did. I really was on that. I could just like picture it, man. It was a good fit, but well, they needed to, the Dodgers needed to keep him after losing Seager. So if you're looking for some entertainment, I Brooksy, by the way, this is your formal invitation. I'm going to have a trivia night. All proceeds will be going to toys for tots. Uh, it's going to be through Zoom slash Kahoot. So it's going to be just baseball trivia. It's going to be $5 to enter. All the proceeds will go to Toys for Tots. So I will keep you updated on dates across my social handles, across the Wake and Rake social handles. But that's out there for anybody that is interested. Why have you not invited me? 
This is your formal invite. Oh, okay. Along with everyone else. I feel so special. I love it here. Is this over yet? <laughs> All right, people. Until next time.